Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. What a pleasure to be in your company today, along with, of course, the Money Guys. This is the Money Wise Radio Show. Ray and Peter Lance, it really is. I love this Sunday morning hour with both of you. Thank you, Phil. Good morning, and uh, it's wonderful to be with you, and happy Easter. Thank you. Although, I must admit, I'm going to wish you, Pete, and our special guest, and our audience a blessed Easter, but for us Orthodox, we're not celebrating Easter until May, the first Sunday in May. Can you believe it? That's a question I was just going to ask you, is uh-huh. when is uh, Orthodox Greek Easter? It's one of the longest this year. I mean, we're separated by almost a month. Wow. And, and Easter is early this year yes, for the Christian community, right. certainly. Right. So anyway, it's, it's pleasant to be here. It's, it's a, a wonderful day. Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. And good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Peter. I missed you last week. Phil, today we're going to talk about something that people don't like to talk about, which is taxes. We're going to talk about filing tax returns and maybe some ideas on how to save some money on taxes. And we're privileged to have a special guest with us this morning, who is a CPA, which stands for Certified Public Accountant. And we've known each other for a very long time. We won't mention how many years. And his name is Doug Latham, and he has an office in downtown New Bedford at 490 Pleasant Street. So good morning, Doug. Good morning to you. We appreciate your being here today. We're going to talk about taxes. And there's one thing they say about taxes... Phil, there's two things in life that you don't want to watch how they're being made. One is taxes and the other is sausages. But today we're going to talk about taxes. But I would be remiss if I didn't start to ask you a question about Greek philosophers and Greek writers. So I'm going to give you one today that you really can hit right out of the ballpark. Oh, this is bad because when I don't get it, Pete, you know what happens. It's like sliding into home. Well, I don't have to explain anymore, do I? (laughs) I don't think you brought the paddle today, Phil. (laughs) So this, this is a very important Greek writer and philosopher who also happened to be a scientist. And he said, for example... Eureka. Mm-hmm. Can you name the famous Greek historic person who said Eureka? I can tell you what Eureka means, but I, uh, as a scientist, um, I, I'm not sure. It begins with an A. Aristotle? Ar- Archimedes. Archimedes. Oh, Archimedes. And he was oh. a scientific observer, and he also said Give me somewhere to stand, and I will move the earth. So the Greeks have always had great big ideas, haven't they? Yes, always, always. And uh, Eureka is the American version of Tovrika, which means I have found it. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Windex there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Every Sunday you have to come up with a Greek philosopher quote, don't you? It's a great Greek tragedy. Dozens and dozens of them. So let's begin by talking about taxes, because obviously we're getting very close to tax filing deadline, which is, uh, Doug, well, what's tax filing deadline normally for federal taxes? April 15th, and that is the deadline this year. It falls on a Monday. Uh, However, the interesting quirk is that that's Patriot's Day in Massachusetts, and so Massachusetts returns are due April 16th. 
But uh, since Massachusetts taxpayers file out of state, uh, the federal return is due the 15th. So might as well file them both by the 15th. Well, it makes more sense. If anybody is waiting until the 16th to file, they're really waiting until the very last minute, aren't they? I've never gone to the post office at midnight of the day before. Have you ever done that, Phil? No, I haven't, but I love seeing it on television. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> well, Doug, you're in the business of um, handling people's accounting records, and uh, I know you work with businesses as well as individuals. And how long have you been an accountant? I opened my practice in 1980. 1980, that's you quite a long time. You do the math. See, that's a, uh, <laughs> 33 three, years. Uh, hmm? <laughs> 33 years. Yes. Well, that's terrific. Congratulations. It's gone very fast. Doug, yeah. Do you know the difference between a CPA and an IRS agent? You're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you. When you <laughs> say a CPA has both a personality and a sense of humor, <laughs> but not the IRS agent. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Like, you know? <laughs> no, we're going to pick on everybody today, except I won't say pick one on Peter. Question. No, we won't do that. But let's begin by talking about taxes. Obviously, it's important to file taxes on time. When you do taxes for individuals, uh, Doug, what percentage would you say may file electronically versus the old-fashioned paper way? Well, uh, our policy at our firm is to file electronically. Good. What that accomplishes is that the IRS then doesn't have to re-key in the information. It's just, they just accept it uh, online, and it saves them time, and um, it's very efficient that way. Does it speed up refunds if you file that way? It too? does speed up refunds. It saves the government money, which we like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, the refunds uh, are especially uh, speeded up if they use direct deposit. So if you have a refund coming, uh, you provide the IRS with your bank information and it goes directly into your into your bank account within probably a week or less you know phil there was an article uh, just recently in the boston globe talking about um identity theft is now a growing problem for uh tax returns being filed in oh. fact i just saw a story on the, i think it was cbs news uh, fairly recently in the last couple of days also talking about the same subject and one of the things they say to avoid identity theft is to file early. Um, and I wow. think you would probably agree, Doug, that it's important to file tax returns as early as you can. Well, it doesn't give those who want to file the return before you get a chance and to get your refund right. uh, that you, you beat them to the punch. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about um, a typical return. Let's say it's a 1040 return. Um, I know there have been some new tax rules recently. Uh, there's a brand new bill that was signed into law. Uh, it was passed by Congress, obviously, and signed into law by the president. And do you know the name of that tax law, that new tax law? Well, it's, it was called the American Tax Relief Act. I don't know if that's uh, correctly named or not, uh, funny, how much it? relief it, it provides. What it did, uh, first of all, was an increase in tax rates. So in that sense... Uh, the continuation of the existing rates for most of us uh, was a good thing as opposed to it increasing to pre-Bush uh, era days when the rates were higher. I, I find it always interesting that they put 
really patriotic sounding names on the new tax bills when really it's a way to get more money out of somebody in this country. So it's the American Tax Marketing. Relief Act of 2012. Right. It sounds like they're doing wonderful things for us. Yeah, exactly. You know, if I had to ask you um, a question, Doug, I do this sometimes with uh, clients, so when we do public seminars, sometimes we'll ask people this question. Do you think taxes in general will get down? We'll get down. Uh, with the current situation where we're deficit spending, mm. I doubt if they're going to go down. And Phil, do you think taxes will stay the same? No. I believe that they will gradually increase always. And I think that's most people's expectations. The taxes are definitely going to be increasing. The government needs to find new ways to create and generate revenue. They don't have much appetite for cutting expenses, and there are too many vested interest groups in the country to want to try to protect their own particular benefits and, and preserves. So the likelihood is we can continue to expect taxes to go up, and uh, that's unfortunate. Um do you know, uh, can you talk anything about the uh, earned income tax credit? Because I think a lot of people don't take advantage of that, especially I think it applies to lower income taxpayers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, if you qualify uh, with a low earned income, uh, your chances of uh, getting a tax credit, that is a tax refund back, are good, especially if you have dependents. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're just if you don't have any dependents, uh, the refund from an earned income tax credit are quite a bit harder to get. We didn't rehearse any questions ahead of time, but there's a there's a related question I'd like to ask uh, Doug. If if you know the answer, if you don't, then we'll look it up, obviously. And that is, if somebody hasn't worked at all, um, can they still file a tax return and get? A benefit from the earned income credit, or should the, do they have to have some income? Has to be to, earned income from okay. wages that or a sense. business, that sort of thing. So, but it might be possible that you have somebody who hasn't made a lot of money; their, their income is relatively low, and they figure they don't have to bother filing a tax mm -hmm. return at all because they're under the limits for filing. Mm -hmm. But maybe they should still file because they can benefit from the earned income credit. Is that fair? Yes, but if they again have not have been unemployed for a couple of years, it's really not going to benefit them. Even though they could use probably mm -hmm. uh, a tax refund. So uh, benefits from unemployment or social security or any kind of benefits are not considered income. Earned income. Right? Earned yeah. income. I see. Doug, what do you have to do to become a CPA? If somebody wants to become a certified public accountant, which you are, I mean, besides go to school, where did you go to college and so forth? I went to college. My first degree was uh, from University of California. I got a history degree. Hmm. One reason was uh, they didn't have a business program at that school. I uh, went into a master's program and at the same time got a uh, uh, an accounting degree from San Jose State. Um, after I came out of the Army, I got a master's in taxation from Bentley mm. University. Excellent. So you've uh -huh. had multiple degrees. You may or may not know that Besides my law degree, I also have a master's degree in taxation. But I do something a little bit different than what you do. I'm more on the planning side of things and the strategy side of things. And, and I don't do individual income tax returns because 
that requires a whole different effort and specialty by itself. But you must do both. I assume you do planning and tax preparation. Yes, uh, particularly if if a person has a question about, well, what if I uh, do it this way? Uh, what's the tax impact of making a certain investment or selling that asset? So we can we can certainly help them make those decisions and have a good tax outcome. So if somebody would like to use your services, and of course we're getting down to the tax deadlines for filing, how would they reach you, Doug? Well, uh, they could go online and check our website at www.latham-cpa.com or call our number, 508-996-5282. But we're getting close to the deadline, so we, uh, if they owe taxes, they, they need to contact an accountant very soon okay and what if they can't get their act together or they can't get their materials together to file on time what should they be doing well they would re uh, request an extension if they think they owe taxes the uh, amount they think they owe would have to be paid to the IRS or the Commonwealth of Massachusetts in order for the extension request to be approved okay and I guess it's a different request both to the IRS and also to the DOR, Department Two of Revenue. Two separate governments, yes. Okay. And does your office prepare the extension request if somebody needs to do that? Yes, and we excuse me, electronically file both those requests so that we make sure that it, it gets there and we get an acknowledgment. And I guess it's very important that if you cannot file in time to make sure you do the extension, otherwise you can have a penalty, can't you? Exactly. Um and, you know, it's not a huge penalty, but uh, no one likes to pay extra. Nobody ever wants to pay extra. And, <laughs> you know, did you ever hear of Fred Allen, Phil? You know who Fred Allen was? A famous personality, humorist, jokester. Yes, of course, yeah. One of the things he said once was, an income tax form is like a laundry list. Either way, you lose your shirt. <laughs> And we don't want people to lose their shirts, so make sure you file your tax returns on time. You know, go see Doug Latham, uh, get an extension if you can't file on time so you don't pay extra money. We certainly want to do that. Um, Peter, we've got some upcoming uh, seminars that you might want to mention. And Phil, as you know, um, Peter and I work at USA Wealth Group. We're located on Fonts Corner Road, 352 Fonts Corner Road. You bet. And Peter, why don't you provide our telephone number and tell a little bit about what we do? Sure, uh, absolutely. My father, Ray, is going to uh, be the presenter at these seminars, and they are free. Uh, there'll be uh, a wealth of information, but they will not be lengthy seminars. That's one thing that we really feel strongly about is not keeping people there for two hours. So uh, probably be about an hour. And uh, it'll go over all aspects of retirement planning, uh, basically how to fund your retirement, how to keep your money, um, you know, how not to lose your money, uh, and also aspects of uh, Social Security benefits, how to maximize those, and uh, you know, some, some tax information as well. Um, those seminars are beginning on Saturday, April 6th at 10 a.m. at the Masonic Lodge on Cranberry Highway in Wareham. That's right off of uh, 195. <clears throat> Again, that's uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday, April 6th, Tuesday, April 9th, beginning at 6 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven, and Wednesday, April 10th, uh, again at 6 p.m. at the Masonic Lodge in Marion, that's on Spring Street, 13 Spring Street, 
and Thursday, April 11th at 6 p.m. as well at the Mattapoisett Congregational Church, uh, 27 Church Street in Mattapoisett. I know that that's a lot of information I just gave, so if you do have uh, any interest in attending any of those seminars, they are free. You'll walk away with a lot of great information useful for you. Um, you can give us a call, and we'll be happy to go over those dates and locations again and um, take your reservation. The number and for that is 508-998-8858. You can ask for myself, Peter, my father, or any of the uh, secretaries there. And, Phil, you know, Peter doesn't realize it yet, but he's going to be doing some of the presenting oh, really? also. Yes. Oh, that is very, that's great. On uh, what issues, what what subjects? That's, that's news to me because I'll be... <laughs> In the fire academy on those days. <laughs> well, we'll have to make other arrangements. I, I, don't you just love this? <laughs> That's one thing I've never mentioned to you. I, I, I'm two months into a five-month, uh, more than five-month fire academy just to do volunteer firefighting on the side. Congratulations. You know, aside from what you do, uh, you're also a volunteer there. It gives you uh, folks a, a real glimpse of uh, who our hosts are and the kind of character they have. That's wonderful. That really is. Thanks. Phil, uh, let's come back and talk with Doug once again. And, and Doug, I just want to remind people again that it's, it's really special to have you here today because you Thank are you. in the middle of busy tax season. And to ask a CPA to even breathe I know outside it. of tax season is, is a small miracle. So we're really pleased that you're here with us My this morning. My pleasure. And it's such an important topic. You know, the last time I checked the Internal Revenue Code, the tax code as we call it, was over 1,100 pages long. Um, it's sort of like the Bible. Maybe you read it once, but you don't <laughs> read it on a regular basis, but you refer to it a lot. Now, I heard you have to have a 1040 IQ to understand it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I, I can't count on one hand the amount of people who have read that once. <laughs> Well, you know, the interesting thing is, and I don't know if you've ever found this, Doug, but um, I find that I can recite certain sections of the tax code from memory, but ask me to think about my anniversary date or a few other dates, and I have to struggle with some of those things. <laughs> In other words, he's fun at parties, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't recite the tax code. <laughs> well, of course... Uh, Nowadays, instead of looking through volumes of books, heavy books, uh, we have a question. We go online. We have uh, subscriptions to online tax services, and we can research uh, questions, come up with answers uh, quite readily. So uh, all you have to be aware of is the issue, and then you can right. research that. And I learn things all the time, even with the knowledge that I have in, in my tax background. I still have to look things up and to remind myself. And well, even that's, the that's one of the things that I'm amazed by uh, is that you have that desire to continue to learn about all the different tax changes and the tax laws, and you go to special conferences. We talked about this before, but um, that's something that you definitely keep up with that I'm amazed that you do. Well, you have to stay current, and, and I know, Doug, you have uh, – probably continuing education requirements that you have as a CPA that you must do every year. 80 hours every two years. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Of, uh, that's, that's classroom. Two, yeah. That's <clears throat> two full weeks of time, just mm -hmm. of classroom time. So it's amazing. The, the point is that nobody should try to figure out the tax code for themselves unless you've had some kind of specialized training. Consult a specialist like Doug Latham, 
Uh, you were gonna say something? Pete? Yeah, I was just gonna say definitely consult somebody, especially if it's not the most simple of simple returns, which you know nobody really should have, especially if they have children. Um, our tax preparer retired from that practice last year at the end of last year's tax season and he didn't tell us until about two months ago so we had to find a uh, tax you know preparer for this year this year and going forward and i got a lot of advice from people about who should i go to and um you know a bunch of people said oh TurboTax, it's easy and i said you know i'm never going to do that it's i don't not. care how easy it is it's it's you're going to end up hurting yourself you're either not going to get the refund that you des- that you deserve uh, and get all of your maximum, you know, credits, uh, or you're going to miss something and you're going to get audited. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. what people say about lawyers sometimes. They should say the same thing about CPAs. He who represents himself has a fool for a CPA. <laughs> you just, you, you're just not going to get it right if you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. even one of the smartest people in the world, Albert Einstein, said, the hardest thing in the world to understand is the income tax. So get some professional advice. Uh, enjoy this beautiful Easter day. And as we continue to talk about taxes to, to begin this uh, terrific weekend, um, we're going to jump back in a moment for uh, some discussion about this new tax change that went into effect. And I know for the most part it impacts higher income earning people, but does it affect other people as well, people who don't make as much money? I know the emphasis was on higher taxpayers. Well, uh, there's one uh, tax that uh, was restored to its original uh, rate. That was the Social Security tax. It was temporarily for a couple of years, uh, went down from 6.2% down to 4.2%. So, you know, uh, it's a tax, but we theoretically get it back as a retirement benefit. Um, Otherwise, income tax only uh, went up for those making... Uh, $400,000 if you're single, $450,000 if you earn that, uh, then your tax rate went up to 39.6%. And I guess some people could argue that although the tax rates themselves impacted only the really high-income people, it sort of sets the stage for them to be able to continue to tinker with it. The tax code is so complicated. And um, it's important that everybody take advantage of whatever deductions and benefits they can. If you don't plan, if you don't get proper advice, you can't do that. Even one of the Supreme Court justices of the United States, uh, Learned Hand, said, anyone may so arrange his affairs that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not bound to choose that pattern which will pay best to the Treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. The tax laws are there to take advantage of and to benefit from. And if you don't get proper advice from somebody like Doug Latham, a qualified CPA, then you're doing yourself and your family a disservice. And we try to do the same thing in the area of retirement planning, obviously, Phil. You betcha. We need to take a break, and uh, we're going to uh, return in just a few minutes as we continue to uh, spread the message of uh, live well, plan wisely, and retire comfortably. Brought to you by USA Wealth Group, Ray and Peter Lance, and our very special guest, Doug Latham. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, on this Sunday, Easter Sunday morning.
Welcome back on this Easter Sunday morning to Money Wise with the Money Guys. And uh, it is a blessed day, and your philosophy has always been a blessing in many ways, Ray and Peter. Uh, live well, plan wisely, retire comfortably. That is a blessing. We also think that you can always learn something. I ask my grandchildren sometimes, what did you learn in school today? And they say, nothing. And I'll <laughs> say, well, you must have learned something. And then they'll start to tell me what they learned in school. But I think you have to learn something every single day. You're right. And, of course, my problem is I have to teach something every single day. <laughs> there was just a great article that I sent to you. I don't know if you read it about uh, never stop learning. Never stop learning. Keeps, never stop teaching. Mm-hmm. Keeps the mind young. Keeps you feeling you know, useful and productive and just keeps life interesting. And we want to remind people to uh, watch in the newspaper for flyers and advertisements. We're going to be doing seminars in Wareham, Marion, Mattapoisett, and Fairhaven in the next couple of weeks on um, a retirement planning workshop. We're going to be talking about quite a number of topics, uh, retirement income planning, maximizing Social Security benefits, and a large variety of other topics. We want people to live well, plan wisely, and retire comfortably. Those are our goals. If you want information about the seminars, just call the office, 508-998-8858, and somebody will be happy to give you some further information. But let's come back and talk about my favorite subject, which is taxes. And it really is. When I went to law school, they had five tax courses they offered, Doug, and I took all five of them. Hmm. And I did well in all of them. And then I liked it so much that I went on to get a tax degree later, a Master of Laws in Taxation from BU, and took 10 more courses and did okay there as well. So I'll put you on the spot. What's the difference between you, a CPA, and an IRS agent? (laughs) I'm not going to answer that question. (laughs) We all have a sense of humor. Oh, Peter. (laughs) You're in trouble, Peter. (laughs) But, uh, Doug, let's come back and talk about some of the 2013 rules. Are there any other things that people should be looking out for in um, maybe planning uh, for reducing taxes, like IRA contributions, for example. You, I know we encourage people to contribute to an IRA account if you can because you put money aside and sometimes you can deduct it. There's two types of uh, IRAs. The uh, regular uh, IRA, you can contribute $5,000 per year uh, to your earnings. Uh, per taxpayer, uh, or if you're um, older than, um, let's see, I believe 59, uh, you can contribute an additional uh, $1,000 uh, to the IRA. A Roth IRA, excuse me, I, I, I stand corrected, uh, these, these uh, uh, requirements change so readily. That would have been uh, at the age of 50, you can contribute a catch-up uh, right. contribution. Uh, and we encourage t- people to do that. Too. Exactly. The Roth IRA, however, uh, you don't get a deduction on your tax return, but when you do pull it out after five years of investing, mm-hmm. you can take it out uh, tax-free, and there's no required minimum distribution from a Roth IRA, which is, is nice. So, uh, so if you have plenty of money, you could put money into a Roth and you never have to take anything out later. You could just leave it to your family right? without taxation. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that uh, sounds like a good benefit. The, the, the one uh, thing that, uh, 
there's an additional tax. It's called the estate tax. Now, the American Taxpayers Relief Act did uh, uh, make into law the uh, um, estate tax law now uh, uh, allows people to transfer to their dis- uh, descendants, uh, heirs, uh, $5 million dollars. Uh, tax-free of uh, estate tax. Same thing goes with a gift tax. You can mm-hmm. gift $5 million, up to $5 million tax-free without paying so a gift here's, tax. So here's the deal we'll work out today, Doug. Um, if there's anybody out there listening with really large estates like that, come to meet with me, Ray Lance, and we'll show you the strategy for how to do it, and then we'll have you link up with Doug, and he'll do the income tax returns for you. That sounds like a good arrangement. And perhaps even a, an estate tax return. Sure. Well, we don't want tax. them to die just yet, but <laughs> when they do die, we'll, 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 we'll deal with point. the families. Yes. <laughs> but it is really important to fund your IRA. It's, it's a government-made benefit. Um, and I, I believe, I'm not sure of the deadlines. I think some, it's either April 1st or April 15th, somewhere around there, you can contribute to an IRA. 15th. April 15th, even for 2012. Right. So if you haven't yet filed your 2012 tax return and you want to put money aside into an IRA, it's not too late to do that if you haven't filed your tax return. I guess once you file your tax return, you can't do it. Right. After April 15th, you're out of luck. But then they should be thinking about doing it for 2013, setting aside retirement funds. You know, Phil, people don't put enough money aside for retirement. Nobody does. And um, it's it's just something that you ought to do is to take advantage of the tax laws. Is it because they can't? There's just not enough money? Or let me ask you a question. Even if the money is limited, should we anyway? Because I've heard you many times before say, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. That's one of our strong rules. If you make enough money that you can put aside $25 a week or $50 a week or $100 a week, put something aside on a very regular basis. Save enough, put it in a regular savings account. When you have enough money, then maybe you'll transfer $5,000 over to a deferred annuity or something of that nature. But it's a way to accumulate. The, the people that we see who have managed to put aside enough money for retirement they start young, and they do it consistently. Every single week, they put it aside. So uh, pay yourself first. Unfortunately, a lot of those people still feel that they don't have enough money to last throughout the rest, uh, you know, the remainder of their lives, and they do. They just have been in that mindset um, where they'll never yep. have enough. Uh, we see people in all from every single walk of life and every single type of uh, uh, accounts from uh, very modest estates, if you will, to, you know, very uh, large estates. And uh, it's, it's as I've always said, it's always on a case-by-case basis. There are some people who have very little savings and they really have to rely on the, the little pension or Social Security that they receive, and they're not worried at all. They have a, no cares in the world. And then we see people who are 85 years old and have beyond enough money to live the remainder of their lives and they feel like they're going to run out tomorrow so it's always interesting to see everybody's individual case social security was intended to be a supplement to somebody's retirement account not as your main source of retirement and people have taken a different attitude about it over the last you know 10 15 20 years and they think it's going to be there for them i think social security will be there and we're going to be talking about that on 
probably two back-to-back special programs just on the topic of Social Security in the next few weeks. But um, today we're, we're thrilled to have again with us uh, Doug Latham, CPA, talking about preparing your income tax returns. Um, if you haven't done it, get it done. Um, hopefully, Doug, you might have some space in your schedule, or at least you can get an extension form filed for somebody if there's not enough time for them to get their act together. Absolutely. And um, can you deduct things like, um, well, if, if you got laid off and you have to go look for a new job, I've been told that you can deduct the cost of moving to a new job or maybe job search expenses can be deducted. Yes, you can. Moving expenses to find a new job, uh, you can deduct as a, uh, from gross income. Uh, and even at the state level, if you're moving into, say, Massachusetts, or, or if you're moving from Massachusetts to California, you can deduct it on the California return, but not on the Massachusetts return. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Uh, job search costs are deducted on the Schedule A as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. Mm-hmm. And I know that in 2012, and I, I think they've been continued for 2013, you could put money, if you were a homeowner, you could put money into insulation, doors, windows, uh, new furnaces, central air conditioners, and you'd get a tax credit for that. Exactly. It, it's somewhat limited, um, and it's a lifetime uh, credit that you can take. So if you've already got the benefit from prior years, more than $200 tax credit, then uh, you're probably not going to be able to deduct additional uh, for 2012. And that's just another, you know, really important reason to see a professional like Doug uh, is because yeah, not only for point. this year's return, but also uh, some advice as to how to maximize your deductions uh, for next year and your credits for next year. It's too important in terms of saving money to try to do it um, yourself. Um, what about child care expenses? Peter, you've got young children. I know you have some child care costs. I think... <laughs> some. I, well, I guess anybody who's had children has child care costs, and some of them continue, <laughs> don't they? Peter? I think the amount of money that we paid just in um, summer camp, we should have our own camp named after us. <laughs> but I, I, I think, Doug, that uh, some child care expenses can be taken. I don't know if it's... Oh, sure. Uh, there's, there's a limit uh, per child. Um, however, uh, if you have your parent take care of your their grandchildren um, unless they report that income on their return you really can't take that as a child care tax credit because uh, you have to report the tax ID number social security number or federal ID number of the person providing child care in order to uh, get the tax credit Mm. And one other really important thing, and we won't go into detail right now, but uh, to, to speak with Doug about this, is if any of you listening work out of state, even if it's only part-time work. Uh, you know, if you work in Rhode Island, my wife does, and uh, we ran into some interesting tax questions because of that whole situation uh, and having to file in two different states. And, and what about uh, charitable expenses? Do you, do you see any change in people deducting to charity? Do you see any decrease in it or increase in it or about the same? Well, uh, I know the IRS is really focusing on uh, show me the proof that you made this contribution. You better have an acknowledgement. Okay. 
uh, from the charity, uh, or at least a canceled check. Um, hmm. But uh, so a lot of people just say, well, just put down the same as last year. Well, that just won't uh, meet the standards of the IRS. I guess it would work as long as you didn't get audited. But then if you get audited, you have to be able to prove it. Exactly right. What about giving a contribution daily on a Sunday in a church basket? Let's say I put $20, mm-hmm. uh, but it's cash right. in the church basket. It is a little tricky. Uh, certainly, if you're going to claim that you put in $5,000 in the church basket, uh, that might be a red flag for them to uh, – for you to – uh, have some proof. Maybe you could get some testimony from your minister, but uh, typically they're looking for a written acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I do see a lot of people every week that have checks going in instead of cash, and that's probably ah, for that reason. Great reason. Yeah. Uh, and one question that I'm not uh, familiar with the answer to at all is: I see a lot of people. Uh, we've donated a lot of clothes to uh, Savers, for example, up in the North End, and they just give you a little blank slip that you're supposed to fill in the amount of clothes that you donated and the date and such and such. Is that, you know, is that worthwhile to do? Is that uh, at all appropriate or something that the IRS sure won't is. look twice at? Uh, as long as it's of uh, excellent value, uh, you can put a thrift store value on uh, clothing. If you give more than $500, uh, you have to give, you know, the dates you gave, and as well as getting the acknowledgement. But you, you pretty much uh, put the value on that donation. If you give 5000 or more, however, you have to have an appraiser from a qualified appraiser uh, putting value on that uh, donation. So the rules have certainly gotten a lot more complex, and most importantly, you have to maintain good records is, is there a particular length of time you tell people to preserve their records in case they got audited? Is it like seven years or 10 years or do you? The IRS can typically go back three years to mm-hmm. uh, check what you've reported on your tax return. If they find that you've understated income by more than 25%, they can actually go back six years. Hmm. Statute of limitations starts running when you file. So if you've never filed, uh, they can go back quite a ways. If you commit fraud, the the statute of limitations also is uh, uh, done away with. So, uh, so it doesn't start to run until they discover the fraud, right. probably. Mm. So don't commit fraud. <laughs> File your tax returns early. Keep accurate records. These are all very good rules. You know, there's a lot of important rules, too, dealing with your house. I know if you have sold a house in 2012, you have to report the sale. And if it's your uh, primary residence, I think it only applies to your primary residence, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. The first $250,000 of gain is tax-free for an individual. For an individual or married couple, it's 500000 Okay, that's good to know. The other thing that we've had, unfortunately, and certainly in the South Coast area as well, is we've had a lot of people lose houses to foreclosure. Sure. And... My first reaction to that was, oh, gee, they're going to have to report income because they didn't pay off their mortgage. But then I remembered there was an old rule, and I looked it up again recently, that if you've gone through a foreclosure and the bank had to write off part of the mortgage that you were personally responsible for, 
you might think, well, I'm going to have to get a 1099 and file income on that. But that's really not the case, is it, Doug, if you're insolvent, I guess? Well, for the for these uh, recent tax years, while there is a forgiveness of debt issue, uh, if your uh, house is worth less than your mortgage and uh, they reduce it, that you're, you're forgiven, you, that is tax-free forgiveness of debt. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes right into 2013. Okay. So, but if you're insolvent or going through bankruptcy, uh, again, that forgiveness of debt is not a, an issue for you. Mm -hmm. I have a, a friend out in the uh, Chicago area, and I was just talking to him last week, and uh, he had a situation where his uh, wife passed away recently, and they had a very expensive house with a very large mortgage, but the mortgage they were still upside down on. And the bank went through a modification and basically wrote off a few hundred thousand dollars of the loan, put them on a new payment schedule, 2% interest and so forth. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, you're going to have to pick up a couple hundred thousand dollars of ordinary income on your income tax return. And he had just met with his CPA and we talked about it a little bit. And because he's technically insolvent, he's not going to have to pick that up as income which would have just put him further oh, into the hole. Sure. So the tax code, you think, is always in favor of the government, but there are many, many provisions that are in favor and help individuals also. And, of course, your job, Doug, is to help people do planning. Do you get involved in – I know you do tax preparation, obviously. Uh, do you get involved sometimes in the planning side of things and telling people how to structure things? Well, you know, we always like to them to call us before they make their decision and, and – the transaction takes place because after the fact it's a little or quite a bit more difficult if not impossible to undo the transaction to in their favor mm -hmm. well um, as we've said earlier and uh, we'll say time and time again the tax code is extremely complicated don't try to go it alone because even with my own tax background sometimes you have to look things up you forget and you have to research again and that's what the tax professionals do, and we're, we're thrilled about that, uh, Doug, to have you here and give us some information. Um, are there other kinds of deductions that you might, might want to mention that people should try to remember when they're doing their income tax returns? Uh, medical expenses, I, that's changed a little bit maybe for certain taxpayers. Maybe some of the most important uh, deductions or some of the, uh, the mistakes, the, the most common mistakes that people make. Yes, um, certainly if you're uh, self-employed, you can deduct uh, your medical insurance payments not on the Schedule A, but rather r as a deduction from gross income uh, to the extent of your uh, earned income. And that's quite a bit of a saving because typically medical expenses uh, have to be more than 7.5% of your total uh, gross income. But if you're if you're self-employed, you uh, get a benefit by being able to de deduct it from gross income, not as an itemized deduction. Mm -hmm. We work with a lot of uh, businesses as well in doing you know retirement planning kinds of advice, and I assume you must represent businesses also in doing their income tax returns. Yes, corporations, uh, LLCs, partnerships. They have uh, a different time schedule though for filing, don't they? Uh, corporations are due a month ahead uh, of individuals. We've uh, March March fifteenth is the deadline. Yes, okay. and we can ask for a six month extension, which happened in the case of many corporate taxpayers. 
And if if somebody has investments like stocks and they've bought stocks and they want to sell them, um, I think you have what a twelve month holding period. You have to own them for twelve months to get long term capital gain. Exactly. You get uh, if you if you sell them before you've held them for twelve months, uh, you don't get any tax break. If you're at a if your marginal tax break is thirty nine point six percent, you're going to pay. Uh, that uh, that rate on the short-term capital gain. So it's best to to make a good investment and hold it for at least 12 months. I'm going to mention one more topic because we're almost out of time. Um, the new tax changes that took place at the end of the year also did something with the alternative minimum tax. It won't affect a lot of people, but it's going to affect more and more people in the middle class, I guess. Exactly. They did uh, increase the exemption amount uh, for the alternative minimum tax uh, temporarily. Actually, uh, that's a permanent in- increase. Uh, that was one of the provisions of, of the uh, new tax law for the AMT, so-called. Um, and my main reason for mentioning that is because it's complicated, folks, and you can't figure out alternative minimum tax. When they put the alternative minimum tax into effect many years ago, I decided it was no longer time for me to do my own tax returns. I had to have somebody else help me do my taxes. So our recommendations to you are to get professional advice. Mm-hmm. By all means, give Doug Latham a call. Uh, he can be reached uh, at 508-996-5282. He's at 490 Pleasant Street in downtown New Bedford. And if you give his office a call, Doug Latham, L-E-A-T-H-A-M, he would be most happy to help you. And don't forget to call uh, Peter or me, uh, Ray, at uh, USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858. Watch for our seminar flyer notices that we're going to be doing. And Peter, did you have anything else you wanted to say? You look like you're anxious. No, I just have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Just kidding. Too much information. (laughs) No, I was going to mention... 60 (laughs) seconds. I was going to mention the seminars. They are going to be in this weekend's papers in Wareham and Dartmouth, uh, Standard Times, Wareham Courier. They begin Saturday, April 6th. And uh, as always, we're happy to speak with you over the phone. We don't charge to speak with you ever. And Doug, thank you very much for being our guest, and I hope that some people might call you if they've got questions or if you can help them with their tax returns, and keep on preparing, (laughs) as they say. Phil, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ray. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank you, Doug, for being here. Thank you, Peter. I hope the children have a beautiful Easter day with the family, all of you. And uh, this is a blessing. This show is a blessing, and may Easter be also a blessing to all of you. Until next week, so long, everybody.